Hey there, future fans. It is another big week for movies. Not as big as next week, not as big as last week, but still big and impressive. We have two really good movies coming out, but this movie isn't as big release-wise. There's only eight films this week, and while eight may still seem like a big number, think about previous weeks and how many we've had there. What's my pick of the week? What is the other impressive movie? Stay tuned and find out. It is the week of November 10th, 2017 and this is episode 66 of future flicks with billiam Alright everyone, welcome to the show. If you are a return listener, welcome back. Thank you. And I know I say this a lot, but honestly, thank you. You come back and you listen to me week after week and I appreciate that. And some of you may be new, so welcome. Welcome to Future Flicks. Let me tell you a little bit about the show. So I am Billiam, your host here on Future Flicks, and every week I give you a full list of every movie that's coming out, and I give my thoughts on it, as well as a premise, of course, and I tell you who's in it, and I give it a score. That score is called the Billiam's Interest Level Score, and it can range from a zero for the truly terrible to an 11 for those that really turn it up to the next level. I also throw in some news and some new trailers, anything that I've noticed. That doesn't mean I capture it all, and I always invite you, the listener, to contact me with anything I may have missed, any news, any trailers I missed, and hey, answer the question of the week. Well, how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can email me at billionreviews at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can leave a comment on the Somewhat Nerdy website or our Facebook page. You can hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN or on Instagram at BilliamSWN there as well. Well, it is time to jump into our first segment, which as always is the news. According to The Wrap, there's rumblings that Black Adam, played by Dwayne Johnson, will be introduced in Suicide Squad 2. Word has it that the squad's next mission will be to hunt down a weapon of mass destruction, which is Black Adam himself. If you know anyone who doesn't like to sit through the credits to watch stingers in comic book movies because they're dumb ass, then Justice League isn't for them. Jason Momoa told the BBC show Stephen Wright in the afternoon that there's a post-credit scene, and while the Aquaman actor was asked about the scene, he said that he didn't remember it, which I fully expect from Jason Momoa because he's too busy surfing or being awesome or getting laid all the time whatever it is Jason Momoa does but he says he doesn't remember the scene but he remembers that test audiences freaked when they saw it good news for us sure is but I mean seriously I was watching Thor Ragnarok this weekend or last weekend I'm sorry I was watching Thor Ragnarok last weekend and the movie ended credits started rolling and people started to get up to leave like what the f*** is wrong with you And I really want to know. I really want to know what it is with these people. Do they just not care? Are they just thinking, oh, there's more fun after the movie or something interesting about an upcoming movie? Nah, f*** that. I'm going to go get into my car and drive home and be a boring piece of Though keep in mind, I understand. Sometimes you really have to pee and you don't think you can hold it any longer. Maybe you didn't like the movie that much. And you're like, oh, I'm really not interested in the stinger because I didn't think the movie was great. But of course it was Thor Ragnarok. So if you thought it wasn't great, you're wrong. 
Let's move on. If you haven't heard, Disney has been in talks with Fox to purchase most of the company's entertainment side. Why does this matter? Because Disney would get all the Fox Marvel properties, including X-Men and Deadpool. This got some people worrying if Disney would Disney-fy, quote-unquote, the Merc with a Mouth. Last I heard, the purchase fell apart, but they're back at the negotiating table, and it's not done yet. Also in Disney news, if you haven't heard, they got into hot water with a lot of critics. Because the LA Times wrote an article about Disney's dealing with the city of Anaheim and all of the tax credits they get and all the stuff they basically get for free. Like, there's this huge parking garage built for Disney that costs about $278 million to make, and the city of Anaheim leases it to Disney for a dollar a year. That sounds pretty f***ing sketchy to me. Anyway, the LA Times wrote this article and Disney said, hey, we're going to block the LA Times from any pre-screenings or any events from us. They took away access to ABC and ESPN because it's all Disney because they said, oh, this is unfair journalism. Of course, Disney never once actually refuted what was in the reports. They just said, oh, it's not fair. They never asked us about it. Well, a lot of critics didn't like that. So apparently a bunch of different critic unions or critic, I don't know, f critics. If you know me, you know my stance on critics. I say f critics, but still it can be damaging because there are a lot of people out there who can't think for themselves and look at a critic's recommendation. Me, remember, I review movies and I talk about them. And so you can listen to what I say, but then again, always make your own decision. Don't let me make the decision for you. Hell, I talk like I should sometimes, right? When there's a really big movie, I say this is the movie you should watch. But I would much rather you take the information I gave you and make up your own mind. But anyway, these critic groups decided to ban Disney from any of their awards shows. And also certain websites that had nothing to do with the LA Times, but certain websites said they would not give Disney any more free advertising and they would no longer talk about any Disney news, review Disney movies, talk about Disney shows or anything like that. So in response to this, Disney said, hey, we made an agreement with the LA Times. It was basically they said, oh, it's just a misunderstanding. We're not gigantic assholes. And they're allowing the LA Times back into pre-screenings and giving them access to ABC and ESPN again and everything like that. So I don't like critics, but that doesn't mean I think they should be banned from pre-screenings and stuff. That's called a little thing called freedom of the press. And as dumb as critics are, they're still press. In other news, according to Slash Film, another Disney story, Disney is going to push Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Thor Ragnarok for awards consideration. For those of you who've never heard my rants about awards shows, this is why I hate them. Awards can be bought. Sure, there have been... A lot of times, actually, where the best movie really did win. But the money that is thrown at it is still massive. But in this time, when we're leading up to awards season, money really matters. Because what these people do, what these companies do, is put together a four-year consideration package. And they go, here, here's a copy of our movie. Here's a gift. Just, just to say thank you, we're not trying to buy your vote. But here's a brand new TV. Here's, an, here's a PlayStation 4. But this isn't buying your vote. We're just saying thank you. Thank you for watching. I mean, it is scummy. And award ceremonies are kind of scummy, too. Like last year, I believe that Moonlight won because it was honestly the best. But of course, the studio and the people behind Moonlight knew they had an Oscar contender on their hands when the movie was released. And the last bit of news that I noticed this week, Jessica Chastain has voiced her wish to play an adult Beverly Marsh in the It sequel. The cast hasn't been selected yet, but I think she's the perfect choice. 
this was first reported by Screen Rant. And with that, my dear, dear future friends, it is time to step into the trailer trove and listen to that wonderful music, which totally isn't just me trying to do a bad pirate voice. Avast, and welcome to the trailer trove. And we're in the trove. Here we are. We have some trailers, because that's what we talk about in the trailer trove. Fifty Shades Freed has another trailer, and oh my god. If I needed more proof that this was just sad housewife fan fiction, this would have done away with any doubt. I look forward to doing my best Jack Sparrow impersonation and find a way to watch this movie so I can write a review when it comes out. Do, do, you, do you get that joke there? Because uh, Jack, Jack Sparrow's a pirate. Do you, do you get it? All right, cool. Just want to make sure we're on the same page. Because I wouldn't steal a car. So why would I steal a movie? If you don't know that reference, then you're lucky. In better trailer news, we have a first look at I, Tanya, the story of Tanya Harding and her early life and what led up to the Nancy Kerrigan debacle. It seems really messed up calling it a debacle. It also seems kind of messed up that this movie looks like a dark comedy. Because at the time, this was a big deal. If you are anywhere around my age, I'm 34. If you're anywhere around my age, you will remember when this happened. Because we had Tanya Harding, the best figure skater in the world. And then we had Nancy Kerrigan coming up. Coming up out of nowhere. Who was the new golden child as far as skating went. One day, Nancy Kerrigan gets attacked. Someone takes a tire iron to her knee. There's it, there's a lot of worry that she was never going to skate again. There's video of her crying, holding her knee, going, why, why? And it was actually pretty important for a while. But then shortly after, Saturday Night Live made fun of it. Then everyone forgot about it until now when we have this dark comedy. This stars Margot Robbie as Tanya Harding. Also stars Sebastian Stan and Allison Janney. The Post has a trailer. This is the long-awaited movie by director Steven Spielberg about the Pentagon Papers. This stars Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks, Bradley Whitford, Alison Brie, Bob Odenkirk, Bruce Greenwood, and Jesse Plemons. So, to get a feeling for this movie, think of Spotlight, but instead of priests molesting young boys, this time it's about Vietnam. And let's end with a happy movie. A sneak peek has been released for the Psych movie, and it looks phenomenal psych was a great show uh one of my favorite shows and there are too many shows i have as one of my favorite shows but this is one of the shows i rewatch a lot i'm not really sure if the video i found was official from usa because some of the cuts were a little weird i'm gonna put the link in the show notes and i just realized last week i forgot to put the link to the article about what's new coming to netflix forgot to put that link in the show notes but there's google I mean, if I ever say I'm going to do something like that and I forget to do it, there's Google. Or you can just tweet me and go, hey, you forgot to do it. Quit being a dumbass. But I will try to remember to put this link in the show notes for Psych the Movie. Well, that's it for the trailer trove. Did I miss anything? Let me know. I will talk about it on the next episode. But let's hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio as we take our first break. Stay tuned. Imagine yourself on a journey with the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, the bright light in the podcast sphere. 
download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, and we're back. Welcome back, because we're going to jump into the movies. We have eight movies this week, and whenever the week seems a little light on movies, it scares me a bit, because I'm thinking, what am I missing? Because so, I've checked all of my resources, and they all agree, eight movies, but we'll we'll see. The good news is whenever I miss a movie, it's usually not that big. But anyway, let's jump into our first movie this week, which is a movie called Bitch. A woman snaps and starts to act like a dog. In fact, she becomes a vicious dog, one that has to be locked in the basement. This unfortunate turn of events makes her philandering husband the head of the household as he attempts to keep the family together. This stars Jason Ritter from Kevin Probably Saves the World, Mariana Polka from Glow, Jamie King from Heart of Dixie, and Brighton Sherbino from The Walking Dead. And you know what? I'm going to watch this movie. I'm, I'm going to watch it sometime because I love Jason Ritter. He's funny. He's charming. He's a good actor. And the man's devilishly handsome. But enough about my many man crushes. Let's talk about this movie. It's an interesting idea. I like it. I don't really know. Has this done before? Has there been a movie about a woman who loses her sh- because of life just getting too much, she is solely in charge of the children. She has to keep everything in order while her husband claims he's working but is really being a cheating jerk. And so she just snaps and starts acting like a dog. And let's say this has been done before. I've never seen the movie, so this is still a fresh idea in my eyes. But here's where we talk about the downside. This isn't going to be a wide release. And I really wish seeing these smaller movies was easier. I wish I didn't have to go to my local indie cinema and sit in their tiny cinema with their tiny screen and watch a movie. It pains me to say it, especially when I'm interested in a movie that I think you should wait to watch this when you can find it on streaming, when you can find it just for, hey, rent it from Amazon, rent it from Vudu or any other service for a couple bucks. So yeah, if my nonsensical ramblings in that last bit didn't make sense to you what i'm trying to say is check this movie out but do so when it's going to be more available when it's going to come to a streaming service or when it's going to come to a on-demand video rental service then check it out because this is going to be good this is going to be a story of a woman who's pushed a little too far and snaps this is going to be a story of a man who maybe realizes that hey i need to take part in this life i need to take part in my children's life I need to help out around the house. I need to help my wife out because now that she's batshit crazy and acting like a dog, maybe it's time for me to learn my lesson. Of course, this is an indie film and it could go the dark route because we all know indie films can get really dark, but I, I just don't have the feeling it will be. So keep an eye out for this movie and put it on your to-be-watched list. Bitch gets a 7 out of 11. And next up on the show is a movie called Mayhem. Derek is fired from his job, but before he can get out of the building, the building is locked down by SWAT. They are informed that they are infected by a virus and must wait until the virus takes its course. The problem is the virus turns people violent and Derek must survive the day or he must take matters into his own hands and fight the people trying to kill him. This stars Steven Yoon from The Walking Dead and Samara Weaving from Home and Away. So if you remember, a month, a few months back, I talked about this movie called The Belko Experiment. And if you remember that, then try and imagine The Belko Experiment, but combined with The Crazies. That movie, okay, not the original Crazies, but the one from 2010 with Timothy Oliphant and Rada Mitchell. So we have these people who are stuck 
in this big office building aren't allowed to leave, kind of like the Belko experiment. But in the Belko experiment, they're told, hey, there better be one person alive by the time, uh, I forgot, was it sunset or the day ends or whatever, whatever it is, there better just be one person alive or all y'all are going to die. Or is it, no, I think they had to kill a certain number of people, something like that. Some number of people had to die, otherwise everyone died. And then you take that and you add some virus that makes people angry but not like rage zombies like 28 days later this is more like a toned down version of the virus from the crazies so we have derek this guy who was just fired who has plenty of reason to be angry who was on his way out of the building when swat shows up he's not allowed out and he's attacked right away that's when the virus gets him and then all hell breaks loose his old boss has it out for him says hey everyone kill this guy he's like hey how about i kill all y'all that sounds better so what we have is this movie that looks like it's a lot of fun like a lot of fun it's dark it's funny at times but not a straight-up comedy and it is action-packed and violent this could have been a much better movie for halloween this could have been a great alternative to jigsaw did you not want to watch torture porn well how about this movie i'm not saying this is a great halloween movie it just would have done a little bit better back then i think you know I realized that when I started the show, I said that there were two interesting movies this week, and I realized I was wrong. This looks interesting, the last movie looks interesting, and who knows, there may be another movie that looks interesting, because, you know, I used to have this show pretty well scripted. Not fully scripted, mind you, but I would watch a trailer, I would write down what I think at the time, and just reread that, and then add on to it when I recorded. But I decided that I liked going off the cuff a little more. I think it works better. No one's complained yet. I also think it feels a little more natural. So I really don't know what some of the movies I'm about to talk about are about yet. I write down the premise from IMDb and I change it around after I watch a trailer, but I had no idea that Bitch and Mayhem were going to look as good as they did. And I think this is another movie that you should add onto your list of movies to be watched. I look at this as kind of a Tucker and Dale versus Evil situation. I did not see that movie when it came out. I did not. It took me a while to watch it. It took quite a few people to go, hey, watch Tucker and Dale versus Evil. You will like it. I finally listened. I liked it a lot. I'm not trying to compare that to Mayhem. I'm just trying to compare the situation to Mayhem. I think this is going to be an enjoyable movie. I think this is going to be a movie just like Bitch that a lot of us are going to watch later if we watch it. I do think this should go on everyone's radar. This looks like a fun movie. It looks like an entertaining movie and it looks like a movie that will probably be put on Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime to be watched for free. I like the looks of this film. I think everyone should give it a shot. It looks violent but not in the sort of violent that Kick-Ass was violent, but close. Keep this movie on your radar, but this isn't the type of movie that needs to be seen in theaters. Mayhem gets a 7 out of 11. We have two more movies before the final break of the episode. And the next movie is called Thumper. Bambi's best friend is all grown up, and I'm shitting you. And this movie looks way darker than that. Alright, Thumper. <clears throat> Teens in a low-income neighborhood are lured into working for a violent and dangerous drug dealer. When a new girl harboring a dark secret arrives in town, she jeopardizes everything. This stars Eliza Taylor from The 100, Pablo Schreiber from American Gods, Lena Headey from Game of Thrones, and Ben Feldman from Superstore. This kind of makes me think if kids met Baby Driver, but you took everything that was great about Baby Driver, like every single f***ing thing about it, and took it out of the movie, and then combined that with kids, and made it this dark, depressing movie that, wh why would you watch this? 
Sure, it looks good, but you're going to watch this really dark, uncomfortable movie about these people stuck in this situation. Is it realistic? Yeah, sure. If that's up your alley, go watch this. But you're going to watch this movie about these people stuck in the situation where they are dealing drugs for the psychopath. Some of them are hooked, some of them aren't, and they can't escape. And you all know me. You know that movies like this that are too real have to be kept for when I'm in the mood to watch it. And while that does sound obvious, I need to be in a certain mood to watch movies like this. Drug use in movies beyond weed and in some cases cocaine makes me real f***ing uncomfortable. Like I mentioned kids. I watched that movie once. Watch it. It was good. Cool. Let's let's move on. I watched Train Spotting. Okay, twice, but that that's a great movie, but I never feel the need to watch it again. I will see Train Spotting 2 when I get the chance and then I'm going to go, "Okay, cool." Watch it one and done. This looks like one of those movies to me. Even if I didn't have that hang up, this is still just okay. We've seen a lot of movies like this with kids in bad situations that get wrapped up in the wrong kind of life who really need to get out. Someone comes in, makes them either makes them realize the error of their ways, tries to help them or causes everything to get a whole lot worse and someone dies and maybe they get out. Who knows? This movie doesn't look bad, but it also doesn't look good enough to warrant trying to see in or out of theaters. If you stumble across this one day and it catches your attention, sure, check it out. Why not? But I don't think this needs to be put on your Tubi Watch list. Thumper gets a 4.5 out of 11. And the final movie before the break is one called Amanda and Jack Go Glamping. Amanda and Jack's relationship is in trouble, so they decide that a retreat may help. They go glamping, but a surprise double booking makes their private retreat anything but private. This stars Amy Acker from The Cabin in the Woods, Aiden Canto from Designated Survivor, David Arquette from Scream, and June Squibb from Nebraska. So what we have here is basically the indie comedy world's answer to the movie Couples Retreat. We have this couple that's not doing well. They go on this retreat. And hijinks ensue, but not the kind of hijinks that we really want in our movies. Not unless you want a very meh comedy. It has its funny moments, but none of it is laugh out loud funny. It's that kind of funny I talk about where it's, oh, okay, I get it. Yay. Okay, that was funny. And maybe it'll get a <laughs> out of you and that's it. If that's your kind of comedy, then sure, maybe this is your movie. This looks like it's a very slow movie. It looks like it's a very methodical movie with its jokes. And it looks like this is about this couple that really needs to reconnect. And it really seems like the husband's a bad guy in this one. And personally, I prefer it in movies like this or in any sort of media when a couple is in trouble. I'm tired of the trope where it's the asshole husband. I forgave bitch for that because of the fact where the movie goes is completely different than anything I've seen before. This one is like a lot of things I've seen before. So at least from the trailer, we have this woman who can do no wrong and this man who can do no right. And he has to learn to not be such a dick. And yes, I know it's very possible and happens all the time where the man is the one that's wrong. And it happens all the time where the woman is the one that's wrong. But I like it when it's both sides that need to learn something. Because the asshole husband bitch wife trope gets really old. And the sad fact is that Amanda and Jack go glamping doesn't do anything to prove that it's anything but a predictable, slow indie comedy that deserves to be skipped by everyone. Amanda and Jack Go Glamping gets a 2 
out of 11. And that's it for the first half of the movies. Let's hear a word from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle and the Watch Your Mouth podcast. We'll be back. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah! Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that, f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. And we're back. Welcome. So we have one foreign movie this week, and it looks pretty interesting. This time it's not from Bollywood. No, no, this time it's from Norway. This movie is called Thelma. A woman begins to fall in love with another woman, but soon discovers that she has powers and these powers are somehow linked to her feelings. So this movie is like the love child of the French film Blue is the Warmest Color and the movie Chronicle, but just without the found footage style. So this woman starts to fall for this other woman that she goes to school with, and she doesn't like these thoughts. She is a good Christian and would never fall in love with a woman because that's against what God says. But she also notices whenever she's with this woman or thinking about this woman, weird happens like she summons a bunch of birds that come crashing into the library of the school or she starts to float or she breaks a window and sends a glass flying so basically she gets interesting and discovers she's a lesbian trouble is she doesn't want to be any of these things so she goes to some weird hospital place to be studied and i'm not sure if it's studied because of the powers or studied because she's a lesbian i don't know which one they're studying her for but either way she gets weird and this looks interesting but any of my regular listeners know what i'm going to say next they know and maybe you know that i'm going to say movies like this are very hard to find we're going to have a hard time finding a lot of the movies i've already talked about but for this This foreign movie is going to be really hard to find for quite a few people. Do you live in the middle of butt nowhere? Good luck finding any of these movies. Do you live in a big city? You have a better chance. Do you live in Santa Cruz or Portland or Seattle or some other bastion of hipsters and hippies? Then you'll have a pretty good chance. It all depends on where you're from. But that being said, just like I said about some of the other movies, this looks good, but... I wouldn't really put a lot of effort into seeing it in theaters because it doesn't look like this is that type of movie. The CG looks fine, but this doesn't look like something that needs the big screen. This can be just as entertaining on the small screen 
just like bitch, just like mayhem, and just skip a thumper and Amanda and Jack O'Glamming. Just skip those. Thelma gets a 5.5 out of 11. All right, we have the three biggest movies of the week left. This week, I kind of bounced back and forth on what my pick was. So the question is, is my pick the obvious choice or the one you probably think I'm going to make? Or is my pick one of the other two? Well, I'll tell you what my pick isn't. And that movie is called Daddy's Home 2. Brad and Dusty have decided that both families are spending the holidays together. But then they get a surprise. Both of their fathers are visiting, which adds a new level of awkward for the holidays. The stars Mark Wahlberg from The Other Guys, Will Ferrell from The Other Guys, Mel Gibson from Lethal Weapon, John Lithgow from Rise of the Planet of the Apes, John Cena from Trainwreck, and Linda Cardinelli from ER. And we have another sequel to a comedy that is Christmas-themed, but coming out well before Christmas. This movie and Bad Mom's Christmas should have come out Hell, even early December. Why now? That makes no sense at all. It'd be best to release this, like I just said, early December, just because people are already getting in the mood. But you know what? It looks like the world has f***ing skipped Thanksgiving. Every store I go into has Christmas shit out. I don't see a turkey anywhere. So not only are stores ignoring this holiday, but we have movies too, because they're just going, hey, we know there's another holiday there, but that Christmas bitches and to that I say okay I'm not gonna see this movie I may have seen it had it come out closer to Christmas we have three more Christmas movies coming out this month do you know how many Christmas movies are coming out during December zero not a single movie is coming out in December that has anything to do with Christmas I understand the fact that maybe these movies don't want to have to compete with Star Wars but guess what by releasing this week you are sandwiched between two really big movies Bad Mom's Christmas came out the week of Thor Ragnarok you are f***ing up royally if you think this is a better time Okay, maybe these people, maybe this these companies are going to keep their movies in theaters through the holiday season. That is 100% likely. But guess what? People are also going to forget about this. Theaters are also going to want to get rid of these movies because even though they're holiday themed, they're going to want to get rid of them because newer movies are coming out and they need to make room. There is the rare case that a movie gets a huge spike in viewership later on, like that happened for Moonlight, that happened for La La Land. But it's rare. It is not going to happen for this. These movies are picking the wrong time to come out. But enough about that. Let's talk about this movie a little bit before I jump on to the next two movies. If you've seen the first one, you know if you're going to like this one. It's the same movie. Okay, sure. We added two other fathers in Daddy's Home. We've added the father of Dusty, played by Mel Gibson, and we've added the father of Brad, played by John Lithgow. We have John Lithgow playing a funny character, which he does really well, just as well as he does a creepy character, and because he, he is really good. He is a fantastic actor. And we have Mel Gibson basically playing Mel Gibson. Not crazy Mel Gibson, but just current Mel Gibson, where he's just, he's that guy. He's the guy in this movie. He's playing himself. I don't know if the man's still an alcoholic, but he at least hasn't publicly embarrassed himself in quite a long time. And then we have John Cena playing the uh, father of one of the other, one of the girls in the movie. So if you liked the first Daddy's Home movie, good news. This is the same sort of comedy, the same 
type of jokes with a new plot, with new characters added, and enough new that it doesn't seem like a carbon copy, but enough is the same that it is reliable. And it goes without saying, but I, I just want to state this, that if you haven't seen the first one, don't start here. Watch the first one. It's not hard to find. I think Amazon has it on Prime I'm or Hulu. Oh, I think Hulu, actually. I think Hulu has it. There is some way for you to see this. I know most of my spiel on this movie has been me talking about Christmas movies coming out the wrong time. But that's really because you know already if this is your type of movie. If you've seen the first one and you liked it, watch this. If you didn't like it, don't watch it. If you haven't seen the first one, don't watch this. Do you see how simple that is? But what do I think? I have to be honest though, I like the Mark Wahlberg-Will Ferrell combination. The Other Guys was a really funny movie. I really need to watch Daddy's Home. But even if I did, this would not have been my pick. Because this is a movie that, oh my god, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to save for later. This movie is better saved for a future Christmas movie marathon. Something I said last week. Something I'm going to say next week and the week after. Because each week this month has a Christmas movie coming out. Daddy's Home 2 looks funny. It does. And fans of the first one will enjoy it. Daddy's Home 2 gets a 6.5 out of 11. So here comes the ultimate question. Did I pick the predictable choice for my pick of the week? Or did I pick the other one, which also looks really good? And I went back and forth a few times. I really did. And I just rewatched both trailers and I have made my decision. So the movie that I'm going to talk about next, the movie that is not the pick of the week, is called Murder on the Orient Express. The Orient Express is the most famous train in the world, and one of its passengers is the most famous detective in the world. When a wealthy passenger winds up dead, Hercule Poirot is on the case, and he has a long list of suspects. This stars Kenneth Branagh, who is the director as well, and also directed Thor, and he was in the movie Dunkirk. So those are the many places you would have known him. Also stars Penelope Cruz from Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Stars Willem Dafoe from Spider-Man. Dame Judi Dench from Skyfall, Josh Gad from Beauty and the Beast, Leslie Odom Jr. from Red Tails, Michelle Pfeiffer from Batman Returns, Daisy Ridley from Star Wars The Force Awakens, and Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Caribbean. So when I first heard about this movie, I was not impressed. I just thought, oh my god, why are they remaking this? They don't need to. And then I saw the first trailer that I was like, okay, alright, I'm listening. It's a good cast, really good actors. It looks well done. It looks very stylized, frankly, beautiful. And then they came out the trailer that had Believer by Imagine Dragons in it, a song that I didn't even like that much. But for some reason, that song coupled with this movie trailer got me f***ing pumped up. When that trailer dropped, I was hyped, I was shaking, I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna go fight a bear, punch it in its bear face. No, I'm not gonna do that, because that's a terrible idea. Don't fight bears, please. But I wanted to see this, I was sold, I wanted to see the movie. They got, they got good actors, they got beautiful scenery, they got a good style, they got a good song to go with it. A song that I appreciate more now. And have you, has that ever happened to you where you weren't really a big fan of a song or you just didn't really care? And then it, it is somehow now connected to something you like or used in a way. And you're like, all right, this is it. I like this song now. And that's the way Believer from Imagine Dragons worked for me. It's like for the trailer for Logan, it was Way Down We Go by Kaleo, Kaleo or something. A song I didn't like before. 
but it made it badass. But back to this movie, but back to Murder on the Orient Express. We have an all-star cast, and the best part is Johnny Depp isn't playing a huge role because he's the guy that gets murdered. Not even a spoiler here. They imply it in the trailer. And I may have brought this up a few times already, but I'm, I'm kind of over Johnny Depp. I want him to take a break. I want him to take a break for a few years because he doesn't need the money. He has plenty of money. I want him to take a break for a few years, do his own thing. Maybe he can take up music. Maybe he can take up art or do whatever and then come back. And then maybe he'll be like, okay, I'm ready for Johnny Depp again. I am not inundated with Johnny Depp movies. Which is weird because I like him, he does good work, but I see him now, I'm just like, oh, again, Johnny Depp, give it a break. But let's ignore my seemingly unfounded dislike of Johnny Depp, while at the same time really liking him. I, I don't know, I'm really weird. But look at that cast, that is a fantastic cast. Kenneth Branagh, Penelope Cruz, Willem Dafoe, Dame Judi Dench, Josh Gad, Leslie Odom Jr., Michelle Pfeiffer, Daisy Ridley, you don't need anything else. You don't need anything else. Okay, I, I lied. I would like Matt Damon or Ewan McGregor in it. Maybe Tom Hiddleston. The man crush trifecta for me. That's put them in a movie and I'm sold. But another reason I'm excited for this film is I really want to see if they try and shock us in any way. If you love movies, you should have seen Murder on the Orient Express. One of the five versions that have been out. The most famous one with Albert Finney as Hercule Poirot instead of David Suchet, who is the most famous Hercule Poirot. When you think of him, I'm, I'm, I'm done saying that name. I said it two or three times in a row without needing to re-record it. And I am really proud of myself. So I'm just going to say him or the detective dude. So <laughs> when we think of the detective dude, we think of David Suchet. Whether you know it or not, he is the face that we connect with this thanks to the BBC and Agatha Christie's Poirot. In fact, David Suchet did, a, did an episode of Agatha Christie's Poirot and it was a Murder on the Orient Express episode that had Toby Jones, David Morrissey, and Jessica Chastain in it. This back in 2010 and it was good. I liked it. But either way, this is a classic story. This particular story has been told many times before so i want to see if the writers try to change it up at all but i would much rather see them tell this story honestly the way it's supposed to be told but just do so with the director and writer's vision for it i know a lot of times i've talked about movies seeming like copies of other movies and how i didn't like that but in this case if you're going to try and retell murder on the orange express i want to see the story done the same way, the way it's supposed to be done, but just show me something different with your visuals, with your acting, with your scene choices, with something. Show me different things elsewhere. Keep the story the same. Don't f with my Agatha Christie. I love me some Poirot. I love me some Miss Marple. Fun fact about David Suchet, if you did not know, he was a bad guy in the Kurt Russell movie Executive Decision. Fun fact. But back to this murder on the Orient Express. It looks good. I've said it looks good, and I think you all know it looks good. Whether or not you're interested in seeing this, don't you dare tell me that you don't think this looks like a pretty movie. And that is why the remake isn't pissing me off as much as it originally did when it was announced. Because it looks good. The trailers for this movie made me a believer. Yeah, I, I know. That was, that was low-hanging fruit. I'm sorry. But let's move on. Murder on the Orient Express gets an 8.5 out of 11. 
And now it's time for my pick of the week, ladies and gentlemen. And do you know what the pick of the week is? Are you aware of what the other big movie coming out this week is? Well, the Future Flicks pick of the week for the week of November 10th, 2017 is three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. When local police fail to catch the person who murdered Mildred's daughter, she buys three billboards outside the town calling out the cops and challenging them to find the killer. And she also begins to take steps of her own. This stars Frances McDormand from Fargo, Woody Harrelson from War for the Planet of the Apes, Sam Rockwell from Moon, and Abby Cornish from Sucker Punch. And before I sat down to record, this movie was second place. And then I rewatched the trailers and watched the Red Band trailer for this movie, and it looks really good. It looks really good. So we have fantastic performances from Frances McDormand. And if you don't remember her in Fargo, you need to rewatch Fargo. Woody Harrelson, who is bigger than ever right now. Woody Harrelson, who's on his way to at least an Oscar nomination. And we have Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, one of the most underappreciated actors we have out there today. And Abby Cornish is cool. I don't want to sound like a dick. I just don't know much about her. I, I, I apologize. IMDb has this listed as a comedy crime drama. And oh my God, yes. This looks like a, it looks like a drama, a crime drama first with really dark comedic tones in it. I mean, it is funny, but oh my God. This movie is about this woman who has hoped and prayed, I don't know about prayed, I'm just saying that, <laughs> who has hoped for justice for her daughter, has not received any justice, and decides, F it, I am done being nice. And now she turns into, I'm not sure if we're going to see what she was like before this, but at least in this movie, she is this foul-mouthed, hard-edged woman that you do not f with, or she will kick the living shit out of you. Some kid throws a milkshake at her car, kick him in the nuts. Some dentist says some offhand comment, take his dental drill and give him a hole in his hand. Throw a Molotov cocktail at a building. Get in the sheriff's face and tell him to go f himself. This film's gonna be really dark, but not as dark, well maybe as dark, but not dark in the same way as Thumper is, where Thumper makes me just cringe, it makes me uncomfortable, it's too real. And it's weird because this movie is real too. How many times have we heard stories about people fed up because the cops have not found the killer for their, for their family member? But the way this movie is presented makes it a little easier to take. At the heart of this movie, we have this woman who just wants justice for her daughter, who wants to find her daughter's killer and wants to protect other girls and keep other women from feeling this same pain of losing their child. She plays a woman who's frustrated that the cops or sheriffs, I forgot exactly which they are, in her town are spending more time quoting her from the trailer, harassing black people than looking for the killer. And you know what? This is the perfect time for this movie to come out because we have people like me who just want to see a good movie and that's all they see in this. I've also read an article about this movie being a feminist outcry. I've also read an article about this being scathing commentary against the state of our everyday police force and how racist they are, focusing on black people. People are seeing what they want in this movie. They are seeing what they want to see. Do you want to see this big feminist movie? This is your movie. Do you want to see this movie that's a commentary on how we need to change the way our police forces work? This is your movie. Or are you more like me, who just wants to see a movie that's well-written, well-acted, well-thought-out, 
well put together, well presented, and a movie that's going to be looked at very fondly during awards time. A movie that may not even need a lot of financial backing to win awards. Of course, I can't finish this without bringing up the fact that this movie isn't going to be for everyone. Watch the trailer. This may not be for you. This may be a little intense. It may be a little too dark. It may be a million different things that this isn't your type of movie. If so, then Murder on the Orient Express is the film for you. Sure, it deals with murder, but the focus is on the mystery. And who doesn't love a mystery? Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri is the movie I really want to see this week, but I have to be honest with myself that if I want to see this, I may have to go see it alone. And I haven't had to go see a movie alone in actually quite a long time. And I like seeing movies with friends. Also, it may be a lot easier for me to find a showing of Murder on the Orient Express. So even though Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri is my pick, I may end up seeing the other movie this week just because it's easier. But if it's all the same to you, if you have more time than I do, and if you have theaters that play more movies than I do around me, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri is my pick of the week because it is truly the best looking movie of the week. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri gets a 10 out of 11. And with that, it is time to finish up this episode with the question of the week. And we actually have a answer to last week's question. Frat Matt answered. Good old Frat Matt coming to the rescue. Favorite Coen Brothers movie, he says, is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Good choice, sir. Good choice. I can't help but notice you were a connoisseur of movies. But stick with Frat Matt when we go into the new question of the week. And if you remember last week's question was which Marvel character do you want to see get their own movie? This is different from the previous question I had about comic books, where it was all comic books in general. Out of all comic books, which movie or which character do you want to see get their own movie? This one is just Marvel. So Frat Matt says Silver Surfer and then comments again. Damn it. No, Gambit. But if you remember, Gambit is already planned with Channing Tatum. And I am holding out high hopes because I am a f***ing idiot. No, I just, I just like Channing Tatum. I think he can do a good job if he has good direction. I really think he could. And also my friend Darren had the same answer as the Fat Frat Matt's first answer, which is Silver Surfer, because we actually never got Silver Surfer. No, 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 no. Rise of the Silver Surfer wasn't actually a movie. That was a mass hallucination we had. There's no way anyone would release anything that terrible. No, it was just a bad dream. Silver Surfer has never been in a movie. Okay, we can breathe easy. We can breathe easy. Frat Matt also commented, uh, I had mentioned last week, why did the LBJ movie and the movie Ladybird, what did that have in common? Ladybird was the name or nickname of LBJ's wife because he was obsessed with himself. I don't know how true that is, but every nickname he gave anyone was the initials LBJ, Ladybird Johnson, LBJ. Like even if his even his dog, I forgot his dog's name, but it was LBJ. And I'm pretty sure all of his kids were LBJ too. Kind of like George Foreman, but you know, different with the names. The only other answer we got was from Critter. That's right, somewhat nerdy and watch your mouth's very own Critter answered. He commented that Ladybird was LBJ's dog and I just actually looked it up. LBJ's dogs were named him and her. Ladybird indeed was the wife or the first lady. I'm sorry. That's a little dismissive. Was the wife. Yes. Forget her. No, Ladybird was the first lady. But for his answer for the question, he says Moon Knight or Dark Hawk. And I remember in the 90s, I love Dark Hawk and Moon Knight would make a really cool movie. I think it could be great. So it's time for my answer and the new question of the week. I kind of cheated and I have two. 
I would really like to see a She-Hulk movie because they can do that really well. She can be a lawyer and save the world. And also, I'd like to see Spider-Gwen because I, I know Spider-Gwen is a very new character. It came out at around the time of the uh, Spider-Verse. Was that when we first saw her? Was the Spider-Verse that happened a couple years back? But I like her. I really like her as a character. Of course, that being said, we need to see Miles Morales. But uh, rumors have it that we are going to see Miles Morales since I think he was a Easter egg in the last Spider-Man movie. Miss Marvel would be really cool too. Not Captain Marvel, mind you, because we are getting a Captain Marvel movie. Car the, uh, Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel, the woman with stretchy limbs. That'd be pretty cool. God, I mentioned way more than two. I suck at this. All right, time for the new question of the week. And I need to get back to my writing. It is NaNoWriMo time, so I need to get back on that. That's also why this episode has been late is because I've been focusing on my writing lately. So I apologize for that. But here's the question. What's your favorite remake? This was brought up by Murder on the Orient Express, and it looks good, and it's also a remake. But how many other movies out there have been remakes that have been good? There have been good remakes out there. So tell me, what is your favorite remake? Mind you, I'm actually saying remake, not reboot. And reboot is that they're just making another movie to reboot the series where remake is they are copying this movie that has already been done and just updating it with new actors and new technology. Maybe changing the story a bit, but it's supposed to be the same story. Well, that is it for episode 66 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Let's get on with the housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a five-star rating, and also share it with your friends. This is how we grow. Leave a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what you think I need to improve on. Answer the question of the week, and tell me if I missed any news or trailers you want to hear me talk about. How do you reach me? It's a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Instagram, BilliamSWN there as well. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Also check out the Friends of the Show, the Watch Em Out podcast, and the Uncorked Gamers. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future.